2: Rick Tittle!
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome to another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. When you say it like that, it sounds more like titillating the titillating sports with Rick Tittle. It's the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. It's great to have you with us wherever you are listening all over the U.S. of A, Canada, Mexico. But don't forget, we get to you other ways. That's right, we try to go all in, baby. We'll get you on the internet at sportsbyline.com. <clears throat> you can go there, click listen live. Any emails, send those to rick at sportsbyline.com. Also, you can also um, text me, or I should say, well, text me my personal phone number, which is 510-3942. Uh, or you can also always get me on uh, rick at com. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I'm all a flutter here because, uh, unfortunately, uh, the other shoe, the other spike has dropped. And uh, the A's now officially are going to be going to Las Vegas. They're going to be buying some land. And uh, let's just say that sucks. <laughs> it's uh, no surprise whatsoever. But um, I'll definitely be uh, talking about that and getting your calls as well. At 1-800-878-PLAY. Once again, 1-800-878-7529 is how you're going to get in and how you're going to get heard. Uh, 1-800-878-7529. We also have uh, some fabulous guests. When do we not? We have World Series champion Brian McCann. He's going to join us on the other side. We also have um, a couple of uh, people who are talking about delivering aid to Ukrainian orphans. Very important. Comedian Steve Byrne will be returning at 940. We'll also have quarterback Cameron Yowell of the Tyke Falcons. Where's that? Poland. We'll have climber and comedian Timmy O'Neill. We'll do it all. We'll talk NBA playoffs. We'll get to all that. First hour is pretty slammed, but I will get to the A's at some point. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline.
4: recording this progressive commercial on a real boat to let people know that when you bundle your home, boat, and other vehicles What was that, Flo? Progressive saves you money, Jamie. Why are we
5: doing this on a boat? We were going for authenticity We're going to the city? Authenticity You mean Atlantic City? But we're not in the Atlantic
6: Are we? Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's always a pleasure to catch up with uh, Brian McCann. It's been a while, but we have the former World Series champ and all-star catcher on the show. And that's because uh, tomorrow we're going to be getting underway with the Invited Celebrity Classic. This is going to be nationally televised. It's going to be down there at Las Colinas Country Club in Irving, Texas. And uh, it's going to be uh, benefiting uh, the momentous Institute and also First T, Dallas. You can find out more at, at invitedcelebrityclassic.com. Brian, welcome back to the show. I like how they say invited. It's like, do do semi B-list celebrities try to bomb in on this?
9: Hey, listen, I'm just I'm glad I got invited. <laughs> this, <laughs> this this is a, an amazing event and golf, my my new hobby and passion, and to be able to to play golf and compete this is like this right up my alley.
3: Very cool. Um, Breaking news this morning and we all knew it was going to come uh, out here in Oakland, but that the A's have now uh, agreed to buy a site in Vegas. It was the worst kept secret that they were going to move. But you were a division rival there, when you were with the Astros and you, played at the Coliseum and this is a, you know, a proud franchise that won four world championships and six pennants yeah. in Oakland. But the, the building of course is the most antiquated one. What are your feelings about the, the tradition of the I, A's I, there and the, and the poor fans there versus moving on to Vegas?
9: They, they have some of the most passionate fans in baseball and the place is <laughs> iconic. And um, I always enjoyed going there to the Coliseum and playing and, um, you know, Yeah.
3: I mean, it's tough news. uh, That's the best way to put it is tough news. All right. Um, it's interesting that, you know, you're retired now, you're under the age of 40 and yet the game has changed a lot (laughs) since you left. Let's just start off with the communication process between the catcher and the pitcher where you now you can press some buttons, I guess. What do you think of that?
9: Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Um, You know, a long time ago, Joe Girardi was talking about it, um, how it it could speed the game up. And, uh, you know, I think they're, MLB's doing great things to, to speed the game up. I like the pitch clock. Um, I think the players are getting used to it. I think 18 seconds is a little, you know, I think they could add on a couple seconds here and there. But, um, you know, for the, for the consumer at home, I think, I think people are liking the, the quicker games.
3: The bases now, of course, the pizza box, uh, 18 instead of 16 inches. It's, so that means four less inches in between the lines. Uh, and now we're hearing, we're not just hearing, we're seeing it, that stolen base attempts are right around 90% successful. What, what would that do yeah. to the anxiety? You're trying to control the running game there. <laughs>
9: well, that's where I feel like the tradition of baseball, when, when you you know all the stats are going to be looked at the same, no matter what area you play in, and you're kind of at a little bit of a disadvantage as a catcher um, when you throw out twenty percent, and then you know league, you know what I mean. Like it's the the league average has got to be going down, so it's a tough one. But I, you know, I I think the safety of the players, if if, if it's gonna save an injury, then I'm all for it.
3: When you were coming out of high school, you were one of the top guys, and obviously being a second-round pick, you you have to sign, and you had an amazing career. It was the right decision, but do you ever think back to the commitment to the Crimson Tide and kind of think, what would I have done? Would I have been a drunk frat boy, or would I have been a great student? Do you ever kind of wonder about that?
9: You know, I I always felt like, I I grew up in a baseball house. My dad coached college baseball at Marshall and University of Georgia. So I, I always grew up playing, like, loving the game of baseball, and but going to college, I, I, I was I was excited to get my professional career started. I felt mm-hmm. like the earlier I could get in, and learn how to hit with a wood bat, and learn how to, you know, ride buses, and and the earlier I could do that, I felt like the earlier I, I could get to the big leagues, and you know, so for me, I have no regrets not going to college. I I, I loved my path I, that I took to get there, and uh, I learned a lot. I mean, do I miss? Do I wish? I you know, sometimes I I do. Uh, wish I went to college and, and missed that experience, but at the same time, uh, I had great minor league teams that I played for. Braves were a great organization, teaching guys how to play the game, and so I'm very lucky that w- with how it all played out.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt it's it's uh, it's absolutely the right decision. Looking at your career now, um, when you came up, and there are a lot of pitchers that have the quote unquote personal catcher. What was it about? John Smoltz that even though you were a rook he's like that's my guy every game
9: I I owe him everything because I was only supposed to be at the big leagues for four days and then uh he walked into Bobby I caught the first night I caught Kyle Davies and he walked in after that game and told um Bobby Cox that he wanted me to catch him the next day and he happened to throw a, a, a complete game a complete game and, uh, so then he walked into Bobby's office after that and he keeps me catching him every fifth day. So I was only supposed to be in the building for four or five days and small is the reason I stayed up the rest of that year.
3: Outstanding. You know, I remember, um, years ago I was offered free LASIK if I would do a commercial for it. And I always remembered the Brian McCann story that LASIK didn't take to you. Right. And then I was like, maybe yeah. I'll skip it.
9: Yeah. No, yeah, that, that was a tough. That was tough for me because I I, got, I think I got it done just a little bit too early. I was twenty twenty three when I got it done, and I don't know if my eyes were done growing, and I was dealing with dry eyes for about four years there. That after my second at bat, and the lights went, you know, once it got past my second at bat, and, the, and the, it got dark, it, it was hard for me to see there for like four or five years, three or four years. Wow.
3: You also one thing I admire Both about fight, you is oh,
9: <laughs> I remember I had I had I had that, uh, a game against francisco lariano we we're in minnesota and i don't i don't even think i saw the baseball it was that it was to that point so
3: as a fellow american is that you showed up for the wbc i was just down in phoenix for those games um down at chase field and what was it like for you to like you know you wore not all these uniforms but to have usa on your jersey
10: it, it, it was
9: one of the coolest experiences of my life and i'm sitting here next to uh Mark De Rosa, right now we're about to hit the range here in a minute. So to have have my closest closest friend in the world uh, manage Team USA and be a part of that was uh, a lifetime experience. Amazing.
3: And then if I'll let you get on the range here, um, how are you expecting to play today? Can you swing them, or are you just kind of a weekend hacker?
9: I when I retired, I I spent two years straight learning how to how to play. So. I'm I'm in, I'm in between those two. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to how to take the next step, but my chipping and putting, if I want to if I want to get to the point where I can compete in these things, I got to learn how to chip and putt.
3: There is Brian McCann, a uh, all-star and a World Series champ as well. Make sure to check out invitedcelebrityclassic.com to get the uh, TV times. It's going to begin tomorrow at Las Colinas Country Club right down there. Near Dallas, in uh, Irving, it's going to benefit the Momentus Institute and also First T Dallas. Brian, thanks for your time. Thanks for talking a little ball with me. Thank you so much for having me. All right, good stuff. And uh, yeah, I remember when uh, the uh, Bash Brothers years, um, the A's had an all-star catcher named Terry Steinbach, but Bob Welch, who was the third guy in the rotation behind Dave Stewart and Mike Moore, he wanted Ron Hassey. And it was actually a good little way to give Steinbach a day off. You don't want him catching 162 days. But that was his guy. Greg Maddox, I know, had a personal catcher when they had Javi Lopez. I don't even remember the next, the guy's name, but he was on the Braves. He was the catcher who couldn't hit. But Greg Maddox is like, I don't want Javi Lopez. I want that guy. It's another Hispanic guy. He his names on the tip of my tongue. But, um that's pretty cool. John Smoltz said, don't send him back to the minors. And then what did he do? He stayed in the big leagues for the next 15 years. That's a pretty cool story. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come back on the other side right here on Sports Violent.
11: Let's help you next. Take advantage of the opportunity to get started today. Call 1-800-356-7308. That's 1-800-356-7308.
2: Again, 1-800-356-7308.
4: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now, and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number call now.
1: 800 278 1738. 800 278 1738. 800 278 1738. That's 800 278 1738.
12: President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you.
1: That's 800-949-0039, paid for by the Tax Helpline.
11: It doesn't really matter. I I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm gonna go anymore.
13: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: I think a lot of weird things. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to this show Susan Matheson and Steve Rand. And they're here to talk about um, what they run. They co-founded Common Man for Ukraine. Their next mission to the Ukraine is going to be on uh, May 14th and uh, this is to help uh, Ukrainian refugees and other people in need because of this uh, unlawful war, which is now more than a year in. Susan, let's start with you, ladies first. How did this all come together?
14: Hi, Rick. Thanks for having us. When the bombs started falling last February 24th, uh, 2022, the four of us looked at each other and said, this isn't okay, we've got to do something, and we didn't know what to do. And uh, uncannily, we connected with Rotary Clubs in Poland and Ukraine who are helping Ukrainian refugees. And we headed over to Ukraine to see what projects needed to be funded. And uh, we've been there four times. We're headed there for the fifth time in May. And our particular lane is helping orphans and the kids that are displaced because they've been fleeing from eastern ukraine to safe houses in western ukraine we provide food warmth and counseling
15: steve
3: also you know when you think about getting in and out of the ukraine you know i know that <laughs> we've had uh, dave letterman go there and do an interview with Zelensky on the uh, subway but i'm sure it's not an easy task how do you uh, get in and get out do you have to go through poland
16: so yes, we we uh so our connection is with Polish Rotary. So we go to Poland, fly to Warsaw. We uh, we visit a, a a small town the town of Zamość in uh in uh, western uh western uh, Poland. It's it's an hour from the border. Our our Rotary friends uh are all over the world. So there are uh, Rotarians in both Poland and in Ukraine. And, and, uh, the Polish, Polish, uh, work with the Ukrainian, uh, rotary, and they have made arrangements with the military government in Ukraine for us to travel easily and safely, uh, across the border. Um, so we go up to the border with our, with our vans and we, uh, And we speed right ahead of about six miles worth of uh, trucks that are lined up uh, for as many as uh, four or five days uh, waiting to get uh, cleared to go across. We go straight in front of them, go right across, and about an hour we're across the border and on our way. So it's only by way of these connections with with the Rotary organization and the people who are associated with them that we're able to do that.
3: Susan, let's talk about what you're actually doing tangibly. You're talking about hundreds of tons of of food, thousands of sleeping bags, and uh, also something that I think a lot of us don't think about, trauma counseling uh, as well. Uh, How do you sort of pick and choose? Because you can't bring everything you want to bring, obviously.
14: Sure. So the social services systems are completely overrun in Ukraine as far as caring for kids. And so we're able to provide food, sleeping bags, and when the Russians bombed the infrastructure, we are able to also deliver, deliver hundreds of generators to these safe houses. In all, we've delivered 750 tons of food so far, 10,000 sleeping bags, and hundreds of generators uh, all through the winter. Winter was a big challenge for us to keep these kids fed and warm, but we did it, and we're happy spring is here as far as the trauma counseling, you're right. It's a it's a big project. We know all these kids will be carrying the wounds of this war for decades to come. We have two programs. One's a day program for refugee kids. It only services 50 kids, but it provides full-service trauma counseling, art therapy, dance therapy, safe place to be, it allows their moms to go work so that they can... Uh, Get out into the community and earn a living. We also provide um, residential counseling, and we take orphans from Ukraine and we bring them to Poland for three weeks. These are all kids that have left, that have lost either one or both parents, and we provide trauma counseling, food. They're away from bombing, they don't hear any siren air raid sirens, they play, they go swimming, they go skiing in the winter, we provide them clothes and healthy meals. They get some tools for dealing with the trauma of war and the loss of one or both parents. They meet other kids that are in the same situation. They're there for three weeks, 30 kids at a time professional trauma counselors and with those new tools for coping with these tragedies they go home they go home to Ukraine and face their future we hope to do this as long as they need us this is a long-term commitment we're two point seven million dollars into a ten million dollar campaign and we're gonna keep at it as long as they need us
3: that's fantastic hey Steve what is maybe one or two of the one requests that you get. I remember when I used to go to England a lot. I'd always get requested beef jerky and and a shellace, or shelled, I should say, sunflower seeds. It was kind of weird. What are some of the requests that you would get?
16: Well, so the requests that we get are coming through the uh, the Ukrainian and Polish uh, or, uh, Rotary organization. So we, uh, although I will say, uh, when we've been in in orphanages, the uh, have wanted certain things like for instance we went to a place a one orphanage where uh, the kitchen staff were they were they were mixing the their bread products by hand and they really wanted a mixer so Mm. we went off and we bought a mixer for them we you know this these things are available on the open market but um uh, but they don't have the funds to to do that. So this is something that we can do for them. It's uh it's a small matter, but it was a big it was a big um kind of a um it was a symbolic act <laughs> more than a than a, a but because the main thing that we provide are basics, you know, the basic stuff that is uh and I don't think anybody actually has asked us specifically for growth but it is the staple of their diet. And so when we provide that, we know we're helping them. And then maybe they can work around it, the edges and, and buy what they need uh, in other ways. But our, we, have provided, um, we have provided funds to our Rotary people, uh, discretionary funds, we call it, so that they can, uh, uh, they can meet the needs that arise at the time that they arise. So, um, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I think, is the number that we have given to our friends in Poland to help them um, meet needs that come up right away and has to be dealt with. So, um, we, we're we're providing some flexibility in that department.
14: I have to. Sir, add one that
3: last thing. question for you, and yep. that is, you know, you see the bumper stickers that say, you know, act locally but think globally did you ever think that your rotary club in Plymouth, New Hampshire would have such a worldly impact as it has?
16: <laughs> no, I don't think that was in our, uh, in our, uh, in our game plan, honestly. Um, but, um, you, you know, I think there are some things that strike you just, uh, like right in the, right in the gut. And, uh, and when we, when we saw on TV that, the uh, the t- tanks were rolling across the border uh, into Ukraine. That was such a moment. You know, all of us. You know, my military experience and also uh, other experiences uh, that I have told me that historically, this is really bad. We had to move. We had to act. So uh, uh, that it was the circumstances that caused us to be to be uh, in the international uh, sphere. Uh, and fortunately, Rotary is an international organization. 220 different countries uh, have Rotary clubs. And uh, so it allowed us to make this connection uh, that I'm not too sure how we would have done it had we not done, had that opportunity.
14: And once we got there, you just couldn't turn away. There's 1.5 million internally displaced kids in Ukraine right now. They need to be fed and kept warm and cared for, and once we were on the ground and got a glimpse at what was ahead for these kids, we just recommitted, and we're going to hang in there with them.
3: Real quick, where do we go online to help out with this?
14: Thanks for asking. It's really important. The only way we can do this work is through the generous donors that make it possible. We have no overhead costs. Everything is volunteer. dot CommonManForUkraine.org All kinds of ways to donate There on our website and support us And uh, we'll give you our word And our pledge that all this Is going to turn into really Strong and necessary Humanitarian aid on the ground CommonManForUkraine.org There
3: it is CommonManForUkraine.org We've been speaking with Susan Matheson And Steve Rand Doing the Lord's work Congratulations you two and uh, keep it up
14: Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you very much.
3: Thank All right, so I'm much. Rick Tittle. We'll come back on the other side with comedian Steve Byrne. He's in town here at Cops. Come on back.
8: Water is one of our planet's most important resources. Yet people around the world struggle with access to safe drinking water. The IBM Sustainability Accelerator works to improve equitable access to safe drinking water for all, improve water quality by reducing pollution, increase water use efficiency, and reduce the number of people suffering from water scarcity. Organizations and initiatives pursuing these water management-focused goals can apply to the program between March 13 and the end of May 2023. Justina Nixon-Santil, IBM VP and Chief Impact
2: Officer.
13: Water management for the world's most vulnerable communities is a tremendous challenge. Following our first two cohorts on sustainable agriculture and clean energy, we look forward to working with organizations with scalable technology solutions that support communities with water challenges, including shortages, pollution, or conservation.
8: Visit ibm.com impact initiative. This
5: is sponsored by IBM.
17: and qualify for free shipping stop overpaying and call right now
1: paid for by steel man pills 800-965-1295 800-965-1295 800-965-1295 that's 800-965-1295
18: where did you get those clothes at the toilet store
13: i'm so disgusted by rick tittle that i find him very intoxicating
3: whatever works thank you for that welcome back to the show rick tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the american forces radio network it's our pleasure to welcome back the hilarious stand-up comedian steve byrne he is in town here at Cobb's down on columbus street that is the big room and over the years steve has been in studio and it's good to get him on the horn right now and uh Steve, uh, I remember you upped and left. You can't just leave. You upped and left and took the family to Nashville. Are you guys still out there?
16: <laughs> we
10: we did we did up and leave and we're in Nashville now. Yeah, you know, typical during pandemic kind of uprooted and got out there and we've been out there for a little bit and you know, you think I'm going to move to the south and you have preconceived notions it's going to be NASCAR and barbecue and Confederate flags and then you move there and it's pretty much all those things, absolutely.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so now, are you a, a Zanies guy? Is that your like main club?
10: I'm at Zanies usually once a month. You know, when I get home, I kind of like to lick my wounds and stay home with the wife and misses the, the misses and the kids. But uh, but yeah, I love Zanies. It's just such a historic club and been around. You know, one of those '80s holdovers that that has survived, and you know, you can still feel you know the 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 spirits of of Seinfeld and uh, Richard Belzer in the walls. So yeah,
3: wow! Isn't that the one where a car like hit Nate's face and it hit the side of the building?
10: Yeah, yeah. It was right. I think it was like on Christmas Eve. So there was there had been that terrorist bombing downtown Nashville, and wow. then a truck went through Nate's face, and everybody's like, "Oh my God!" Did you hear about the travesty? And Nate's like, "Yeah, they drove a truck through my face." It's like, "No, there was a terrorist attack."
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, I know you're a store guy, so is it hard not just, like, you know, popping in an Uber and going to the store now?
10: Well, I'm actually in Los Angeles right now um, filming something, and I uh, I'm staying right next to the comic store, so I was in there last night. And, uh, you know, it's one of those places you could be gone for five years, or you could be a regular there, and you walk in, and people don't care. They're just like, hey, what's up? It's like, I haven't seen you in, like, three years. How are you? And just... Nobody cares. It's just business as usual there.
3: I was down there about a month ago, and I remember you're like, if you ever go to the store, you have to email me and get free tickets. I'm like, I thought about it. I just I'm like, hey, remember I interviewed you? Can you get me free? Oh, I'll just pay my money.
10: <laughs> no, but I mean, sometimes those tickets are, are are tough to get. So I I always have people hit me up for seller and the store, and uh, it's never an issue. I'm not saying that to all your listeners. But I'm saying that
3: to you. <laughs> the only time I <clears throat> had the temerity to, uh, this was at the olive tree about five years ago and I had just had big Jane and he brought Mike Fenoya with him. And so Mike's sure. at the, the back table, the table, which cannot be approached. And it was sold out and I go, Hey, if you can get me in and he just kind of nodded, it looked like he blew me off. And then he came outside and he's like, you're in. I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's
10: it. Yeah, the cellar. I mean, it's historic. It's iconic. And, and you know, you've been there. It's intimate. I mean, it's, it's very intimidating stage. When you're there, the audience is literally on top of you, and it probably seats no more than 130, 145 people. And I'll, I'll never forget the first, I think it was like the second week I was performing there. I'm, I'm fresh, I'm new, and Godfrey is hosting. And he goes up, and and again, this is the great thing about the cellar, you never know who's going to pop in. And this mm-hmm. night, Godfrey goes up, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, you're never going to believe this, this is why the seller's so great. How about a big round applause for Ray Romano, everybody? And the crowd at the time, they are excited, you know, he's on Everybody Loves Raymond. And uh, then Godfrey goes back up he's like, ladies and gentlemen, this is just one of those nights, how about a big round applause for Chris Rock, everybody? Chris <laughs> Rock goes up, the place is going nuts. Godfrey goes back up, he's like, guys, I can't believe I'm getting to say this, but this is one of those nights again. How about it for Jerry Seinfeld? Seinfeld comes up. The place is like losing their minds. And now comics are starting to leave because the show's going long. But I'm sticking around. Godfrey goes back up. Guys, here we go. I can't believe I'm saying this. Dave Chappelle, everybody. These people paid 15 bucks. They're they're going nuts. Godfrey goes back up. Guys, I can't believe I'm saying this. How about a big round of applause? Robin Williams, everybody. They're standing on their feet welcoming Robin up. Robin goes up, does 35 minutes, crushes. Godfrey goes back up. He's like, guys, I cannot believe I'm saying this. And I brought up a lot of incredible people. But I am honored and thrilled to bring up this next comic. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Murphy. People are losing their minds. They're standing up. And then Godfrey goes, I'm just joking. How about it for Steve Byrne? And I went up and bombed, <laughs> like a, a bomb you've never seen in your life. It was one of the worst bombs I've ever had.
3: I can't believe there were that many. I think for me, like I'm always, even though I love the lineup, I'm always waiting for that drop-in. And um, I, I wasn't disappointed. One time I did get um, uh, David Tell, and, you know, just, oh, just best. just you know, th- to me there's, you know, love you, but there's no one quicker than Attell.
10: No, look, every comic, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to talk to some of the best-working comics and not have him in your top five. I mean, for for me, he's definitely one or two. I've never seen anybody that lightning fast, and I was just talking to Jeff Ross about this last night. We we both just love him. We both consider ourselves pretty quick on our feet, but nobody better, because Dave's crowd work is as intelligent and as well-thought-out as his material, and that is, that is really
3: tough to do. Yeah, I've, I've talked to the Rosemeister General a couple times, and there are a few of my favorite lines. But one of them, when he was walking around Hollywood with a mic and a camera, and there was a guy driving one of those like celebrity tour buses, and it was an old bald guy, and he was sound asleep behind the wheel, parked. And Jeff Rock, Jeff Ross, knocked on the window. And the guy woke up, and he goes, "You told me to woke." <laughs> I already blew it. He said, "You told me to wake you up when you hit rock bottom." <laughs> it's, look, it's still funny.
10: <laughs> Even secondhand. I mean, that's how good he is. But nobody quicker. And nobody... I, th- I think he embodies what Rickles was all about. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, Rickles always dismounted on a kind sentiment. And that's why he was known as Miss, Mr. Warmth. And uh, same thing with uh, with Ross. He really studied the uh, the classic roasts back in the day. And he always kind of dismounts once again with expressing um appreciation and uh friendship to everybody he he kind of dumps on
3: (laughs) i always loved it when uh i would you would go to tiger lily too and you would just see like the two sides of of korea korean americans right like you were like the sort of like you know the the voice of reason and then bobby was just like flying off you guys are so good together
10: yeah bobby's uh what can, what can I say about Bobby? He's crazy. He's he, Look, we all have a crazy friend, but that, that guy takes it to a – he sets a whole new bar. Once again, it's an Asian that's setting the bar, but he is beyond crazy. I've never met any – you know, it was crazy. I'm here in L.A., and, and a friend last night was asking about parking, and it, it, it literally triggered a memory I had about Bobby. He I remember when I first moved here, he parked his, like, Nissan on the street, He was on mad tv at the time he came back from the airport his car got towed and he just said uh i'll just go buy a new one i was like who just go to the to the pound and get it dude it's 200 bucks it's more of a hassle to go buy a new car but he'd rather in his mind it's easier to buy a new car than to just (laughs) go get it from the tow company it's crazy
3: Speaking of Chris Rock, I just heard Bobby the other day. He was on with um, Andrew Santino, their pod. And, and Bob. You know how Bobby like gets naked on stage, right? We, we've all uh, seen it.
19: He once at the, the, car, the punchline, he had him. them
3: turn on the lights and pointed me out, and the whole crowd went, who the hell is that? No one cared. But he got down. Apparently, this was when he was starting out. He was at Caroline's. He got naked, literally crickets. He was sweating bullets. He picked up all his clothes. He came off stage, and Chris Rock was standing there. And he said, I think about this when I go to sleep. I think about this when I wake up. Chris Rock looked at me and said, what are you doing, man?
10: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't disagree with Chris. And uh, I think that's why, you know, I've always teased Bobby over all these years. Just like he keeps saying he's doing the hour, he's doing the hour. It's like, I'll tell you, if that dude just sat down and wrote, his hour could be one of the most successful ones ever. He's so quick off the cuff. Um, so I think it just depends on that a lot, but I mean, at some point, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be the old guy getting naked on stage. It it's it's it probably is creepy now. I haven't seen him on stage in a while, but you know, there. I remember Jay Leno telling me one of the last times I did the Tonight Show, I, I, I kind of did a a joke, a sexual joke, and he's like, he's like, you know, you you still have time to do that, but at some point, you're going to be the creepy guy on stage, and I was like, oh wow, okay, I don't want to be that. And I think Bobby. Bobby has been that for a while now.
3: No doubt. Now, I know you're a big Pittsburgh guy, sports guy as well. Is sure. it all the teams missed the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years or something?
10: Yeah, the Pens lost, uh, you know, we, we, we had a 16-year streak. It was the longest streak in sports. And um, look, our core is just getting older. The Steelers are revamping. And the Pirates are not even a real baseball team almost. It's like they're like a minor league team because the – the ownership's just driving it into the ground.
3: Well, you know what? I would feel sorry for you, but I'm a, a uh, A's fan, and not only oh God, are they gonna, by far the worst You're gonna have to go to Las baseball. Vegas
10: to watch their games next
3: year. Yeah, so it's official today. They are buying the land. Good news, huh? Oh,
10: I didn't even know that. I, I just heard the rumors, but wow, that, that's really happening, huh?
3: It's really sad. Yeah, I grew up at that Coliseum, and you know, this is a place where—and I'm not an elderly man—I've seen them win six pennants and win four World Series, and you know, it's a charter member of the American League, and just to be treated like this—you know, three and sixteen with this—they're not even an A-ball team. It's just really sad.
10: Well, you can always look at the at, at the Pirates and make yourself feel better, but look, I I always love coming out to the Bay Area because the first baseball game I ever went to was actually Candlestick Park, and mm-hmm. I have a A lot of affection for Candlestick Park, not only for the memory I share with my father, but Candlestick Park is also the name of my favorite Korean porn star. So I look forward to getting out there.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Well, look, okay, you guys are like five over. You you're locking up some of your good young talent. You got even though O'Neill Cruz broke his ankle, whatever. You got some. You got some good young players. If you think it's bad, just. I mean, I'm not trying to make this a you know a, one of the your leg, my arm type of thing. But the the Pirates have a little bit of hope, and they have a beautiful ballpark.
10: Beautiful ballpark. But here, here's what happens. This is what always happens. We bring in great players, and then they they sell them off or trade them off. And it's just, it's almost a little too corporate for me. But, yeah, there's nothing better than watching a ball game in that park. And I hope to God that when the A's do move, that they keep those colors and jerseys because I think those are the best-looking, sharpest jerseys in all of baseball. I love them.
3: Yeah, I I think they will, though. I mean, I think it's too late in the game to change, but uh, I don't think it'll be a Nordiques to Avalanche type of situation. All right, before we let you go, Steve, <laughs> right. Cobb's Comedy Club this weekend, tomorrow, what do you got going on for the peeps?
10: Yeah, very excited about this. I, I just had a, an uh, hour special come out on Amazon Prime called The Last Late Night,
3: and yeah. it's a late-night talk show that's actually
10: a, a special And I really have loved doing the monologue jokes, and so I've been working on a ton of those, and it's been a ton of fun. So uh, I'll be doing a lot of that, a lot of topical news, current events kind of stuff, and then just kind of having a lot of fun. But it's been a long time since I've been back to San Francisco. Actually, the last time I was there, I was on a bus downtown. I saw the most beautiful thing, and of course, this would only happen in San Francisco. Bus was crowded and I saw an elderly woman get up from her seat on the bus and give it to a pregnant man and I
3: thought that is really really beautiful.
2: <laughs> I
3: knew you were going somewhere there. There the we way, go. I saw that special the some of that deadpan humor in that special was was classic people should check that out and you should also check him out Steve Byrne, everybody down at Cobbs this weekend right here in uh, North Beach Steve always good having you on buddy.
10: Thank you so much I appreciate and continued success.
3: All right. Thank you for that. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back. Close out our number one of three next on Sports Byline. Oh, yeah.
5: the big stuff. Who do you think you are? It's the big stuff. You're never going to get my love.
13: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: (laughs) Thank you for that. And uh, just one more little Bobby Lee note. So what he would do is he had this thing on stage he called gay chicken where he would put a man in a chair and then he would go down to his underpants and he would come in and try and kiss you and see if you would pull away. And then the one night I went, the guy up there said, well, I'm gay, so I will kiss you. And the crowd went wild. And then I'm like, this isn't really comedy like jokes. (laughs) But and if I think if anybody else did it, it wouldn't be funny. But Bobby Lee is just such a ridiculous character um, in a good way. And uh, before he was selling out, he used to come in. We had some pretty funny pictures. Uh, uh, over the years as well but anyway get down to see steve byrne steve byrne and see that that special on amazon that like fake talk show that he does it's just one episode it's not a series it's uh it's pretty hilarious he's he's very good with the deadpan humor all right we got two more hours to go we will come on back one 800 I'm Rick Tuttle we'll see you in a second
15: News. I'm Richard Johnson. It started just fine, but it took only four minutes for controllers to realize that not all of the SpaceX rockets fired after it lifted off from its Texas launch pad, which, in the words of SpaceX broadcaster John Innsbrucker,
1: Starship just experienced what we call a rapid unscheduled disassembly,
15: what the rest of us would call it blew up. The most powerful rocket ever built was supposed to make one lap around the Earth and splash down in the Pacific near Hawaii. Still, SpaceX says it learned a lot from the short flight. Emergency officials in some towns in Oklahoma expect to learn about more deaths from last night's huge tornadoes. Two people are confirmed dead. Rescue efforts continue in the town of Cole, Oklahoma, where some people are believed trapped. The White House is not thrilled with the House Republican budget proposal. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre calls it a cruel budget.
17: It will hold America's economy hostage so that they can take a hatchet to veteran services, to Meals on Wheels, to education, to cancer research, to law enforcement.
15: The GOP plan also links budget cuts to raising the debt ceiling. The House has passed a Republican-sponsored bill that would cut off federal aid to any school that lets a transgender athlete compete in women's and girls' sports.
5: This is a day that is so important for women across America, and House Republicans are leading the way.
15: New York Republican Elise Stefanik on the measure that's expected to pass the House then die in the Senate. Police near Charlotte, North Carolina are looking for a 24-year-old man they say shot a six-year-old girl and three adults after a basketball rolled into his yard. Police say Robert Lewis Singletary should be considered armed and dangerous. The number of people around the USA filing for unemployment benefits is rising, 245,000 last week, compared to about 240,000 the week before. This is USA News. The Washington State Legislature has finished work on a bill that would ban the sale of semi-automatic rifles. Governor Jay Inslee says he will sign it, and Republican lawmakers promise a quick appeal in court. Elon Musk is threatening to sue Microsoft, claiming the software giant illegally used Twitter's data to train its artificial intelligence. The threat comes after multiple reports that Microsoft is dropping Twitter from its advertising platform over some of Twitter's fees. As for his other famous company, Musk says Tesla could launch a fully self-driving car later this year. The CEO made
8: the prediction on a conference call Wednesday and said the test version of Tesla's full self-driving software will be two steps forward, one step back between releases, but that the trend is very clearly toward full self-driving. The electric vehicle company currently sells self-driving software as an option. I'm Skip Kelly.
15: If you've only heard of the giant blue furniture store known as Ikea, you might get a chance to experience it firsthand. The Swedish chain says it will spend more than $2 billion to open 17 new stores around the USA over the next three years. It'll be Ikea's biggest ever investment in this country. One of the USA's least favorite Major League Baseball teams may be a step closer to a new life in a new city. The Oakland A's confirmed they're buying 49 acres of land near the Las Vegas Strip for a new 35,000-seat ballpark. I'm Rich Johnson, USA News.
12: You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today.
1: 800 788 1495. 800 788 1495. 788 1495. That's 800 788 1495.
14: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
12: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so
5: fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it
4: ricky t in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch
3: thank you for that and welcome back to the show rick tittle with the coast to coast border to border around the world on the american forces radio network i have guests this entire hour now um all three segments but we will talk to J.D. Sharp in an hour about baseball. So uh, I will get into the news today that the A's are officially going to Vegas. They're buying some land. And uh, that's not good. Let's just say that's not good. Not fantastic news. Um, uh, Dave Cavill, the president of the A's, said, for a while we were on parallel paths with Oakland, but we have turned our attention to Las Vegas to get a deal here for the A's and find a long-term home. Oakland has been a great home for us for over 50 years, but we really needed this 20-year saga completed, and we feel there's a path here in Southern Nevada to do that. They still need to get a bill through the legislature, quote, to create a funding mechanism including a special, special taxation district covering the stadium site Um, basically uh, it's a 1.5 billion dollar stadium and the state of Nevada taxpayers would pay a third of it 500 million dollars so we'll get into the nitty gritty on that and of course we haven't had a team relocate in baseball for a long time and you think crowds weren't going to the games now oh just think about what will happen at this point. Are they still even going to have the reverse boycott on June 13th? I mean, why would you at this point? It ain't good. All right. On that happy note, though, we're going to bring in Cameron Yowl this hour. We're also going to be having uh, Timmy O'Neill, who is a uh, comedian and also a uh, rock climber uh, as well. And uh, we'll also have my chick Cochimba, That's right, mychej Kokemba. Well, we'll figure it out one way or the other. You gotta let. If it's a name like that, you know he's gonna be or she is gonna be a fantastic guest. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
7: For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys. U.S. price of
0: participation may vary. Includes choice of double stack JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nuggets, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be
22: higher.
4: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter
3: All right, check me out. 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Uh, A lot of you uh, might know that I coached football uh, overseas after I played in college. I coached in uh, London, and so uh, anyone who uh, plays overseas is always going to be someone I'm uh, fond of. And on that note, we're going to bring in quarterback Cameron Yowell. He is the quarterback for the Taiki Falcons, which plays in Poland. And uh, first of all, Cameron, am I right calling it Taiki, or do they call it something else?
18: No, yeah. So it, it's actually pronounced Tehe. I know is the first thing that I learned when I came out here is the way we would kind of pronounce things in normal American English. It's pronounced a little bit different out here. But, yeah, Tehe is the name of the city that we're in.
3: Tehe, you say.
18: Yeah, it's like yeah, it's 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 kinda it, it takes practice. It takes practice. I'm starting to get the, the vernacular down but um but yeah. <laughs>
3: so are you are you proficient in Polish? Fluent? Can you can you order a hamburger?
18: No, no, I, I I'm far from fluent. Um I have learned you know a few phrases here, you know, being out here and being a part of the being a part of the culture. Um but no, it's I think it's like the third most difficult language to learn. It's so interesting because there's like two ways that you could say something in English, and for two ways you say something in English, you can say it like 30 ways in Polish. So um, it's one of the more difficult languages to learn.
3: So uh, you, you go to uh, Auburn, and um, talking about that spring football roster, I mean, there's Bo Nix, who of course has gone on to the, the, the Pac-12, just suiting up in the uh, Auburn Tiger, uh, War Eagle, Blue and uh, Orange. What was that for you?
18: Yeah, so my my experience at Auburn was, you know, unique uh, to say the least. Uh, You know, going through the off-season training program uh, during my junior year up until about the coronavirus pandemic hit and sent us all home where everything became virtual. Um, So, you know, being a part of the meetings and learning the offense and seeing what a Division I uh, meeting style is like and what, um, you know, the formations and all the different type of concepts they have, it's definitely way more complex probably the most complex offense i've been a part of for sure um but with covid came uh you know restrictions and came all these new rules that unfortunately resulted in handful of players not being able to suit up on the sidelines go into the locker rooms and be a part of the team normally because of uh social distancing and locker room spacing and all these different things so unfortunately i wasn't able to uh suit up suit up and uh, be, be on the sidelines um uh, on, during game days during the 2020 season but um shortly after i ended up entering the transfer portal and seeking other opportunities and but you know i being at auburn i love being an auburn tiger um it was just an amazing experience regardless of how little crazy it was but uh yeah i love uh love everything about auburn
3: well, I think about, you know, when you graduated, you were summa cum laude. This is, you know, the dean's list, you know, quite the academician. Congratulations on that. Were you thinking grad school, or are you? is that still in the back of your mind?
18: Yeah, so out of, out of college, I was considering graduate school, of course. You know, I was talking with a couple schools to be a grad transfer and go in and play. Um, but really what it came down to was finding the right opportunity, um, and I wasn't ready to find – I mean, I wasn't—I wasn't in a position where I had an opportunity that I was comfortable taking. Uh, so I decided to miss out on the graduate school opportunity, uh, playing for two more years. I had two more years of eligibility left after I graduated from Auburn. But you know, it's crazy because this world works in mysterious ways, and just because one door closes does not mean another one is not going to open, and another one opened, and I found myself seeking an opportunity which arguably might even be better than graduate school going overseas and playing football professionally in a foreign country. So, um, I don't know that I will go back and consider graduate school. Um, it's always an opportunity or an option potentially, but I don't know that I'll look to try and play obviously my eligibility these up. So we'll, um, kind of see if that ends up coming into fruition down the road.
3: I know you started off at, uh, at Occidental, and they use Oxy that campus for so many movies and TV shows, and of course, you know Barack Obama went there as well. What was your time like at Oxy?
18: Yeah, so my time at Oxy was um, it was different, 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 and uh, difficult in its own way. Um, I was recruited by an offensive coordinator and a head coach who I developed a great rapport with. Uh, just to find out that a month before the season, uh, our head coach had a heart problem and he had to retire and they decided to not retain the offensive coordinator. So the coaches that were in my corner recruiting me to go to the school ended up leaving, and were are no longer part of the program. And as a result of that, a bunch of players decided to quit the team and no longer continue playing football. And it just resulted in an absolute disaster of a freshman season. We did not have enough healthy people to field a competitive team. We had, I think at one point, I think only four healthy O-linemen, and our entire D-line was concussed at one point. Uh, we had to cancel several games before they ended up terminating the whole season, um, and yeah, it just overall the culture there wasn't exactly something that you know, just the, the school culture regarding football wasn't exactly something that I felt comfortable being a part of, um, and I just I wanted to be a part of an organization or not organization but a school that had a better you know commitment to football and more uh, school spirit towards football, and I ended up finding that obviously at Auburn down the line, but um, but yeah, it was. Quite a difficult experience, but you know helps build character and you learn from mistakes that you might have made. and I still met some incredible people there, uh, built some awesome relationships. so I don't I don't look back on it with any ill will or anything. Obviously everything happens for a reason, so I wouldn't go back and change anything. but it was certainly a difficult difficult experience at Occidental.
3: Well, you think about, you know, I, I played D2, but at that, at that level, D3, and you can't even put a team together, and now you're at Auburn, D1 in the SEC. I mean, that's like two different galaxies.
18: Oh, literally. It's, it's two completely different galaxies. And I think, honestly, I, I can't remember if this is true or not. I, I might be wrong, but I think of all the NCAA schools, the season I was at Oxy, I think we were the dead last in terms of power rankings out of every school in the NCAA and then going to Auburn when I was at Auburn they were ranked number nine in the country I think at one point top 10 so literally polar opposites
3: <laughs> that's amazing so I'm looking at some of the guys on your roster almost all of them have Polish names it's not like you just brought a bunch of Americans over there and and I as I said I coached in London to the police department and there's so many Europeans they just and I ended up coaching every position. you know they just they want to learn so bad, and um I, I mean, you just see that fire in them because you know this is this is the ultimate gladiator sport,
18: yeah, totally, yeah, totally. So yeah, the way the rules work out here, you're only allowed to have one American on each side of the ball. You're only allowed two import players here in uh, the Polish football League. and I am the American on offense. My good friend Keenan is the American on defense. He plays linebacker, and I'm the quarterback. So we're each, you know, kind of the faces of America uh, on the team out here. Um, but it's, it's good this way because uh, it keeps it competitive. Um, you know that there are teams that have certain budgets that are bigger than others. Um, and knowing that it's, the rule is in place where you can only have one American on a team, it's good because it keeps it fair, it keeps it competitive. Um, obviously, the team that has the highest budget, if there were no restrictions on import players, they could just go higher and buy the best team, and it wouldn't even be a competitive league at all. Um, so that's what makes it great here and it's not to say we don't have great talent. we obviously have great talent out here. Um, it stretches you know throughout all the college um, throughout all the college levels I think it's like a hybrid. It's really hard to pin down exactly what level it would be at probably somewhere. I mean we have players that could play at each level in in college you know d1, uh, d2 d three it's just it's, it's a melting pot of, of talent, um, but everyone wants to be out here and that's the most important thing.
3: There he is. It's Cameron Yell of the Tehe Falcons, number 12, the quarterback, part of the Polska Football Liga. Hey, you're living the dream, man. It sounds like so much fun, making memories for a lifetime and friendships as well. Congratulations.
18: Yes, thank you so much. It's been a blast being out
3: here. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. When we come back, we're going to talk. We're going to stay overseas, actually, and we're going to talk a little video games on the other side. Come on back on Sports Violet.
1: pricing information eight hundred nine one five nine six five four, eight hundred nine one five nine six five four, eight hundred nine one five nine six five four. 915 9654 that's eight hundred nine one five ninety six fifty four. 915
11: it doesn't really matter i uh, i don't like my job and uh, i don't think i'm going to go anymore
13: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Well, you know there are a lot of browsers you can use on the internet, but if you want one that is specifically designed for gamers, you want Opera GX, and um, joining us uh, right now because uh, Opera GX Mobile now is on Android and iOS. And Exhibit, the host of uh, Pimp My Ride, has come out for Opera GX uh, as well. Uh, joining us on the phone right now is Maiche Kochaba. Did I get that right? Very okay. Not too bad? Not too bad. All right. And you are in Sveria? Are you in Stockholm?
24: Uh, no, actually, I'm calling uh, directly from Wrocław in Poland. It's one of our offices.
3: Well, wow, I just had a guest from Poland. I got back to back Polish uh, guests. Pretty cool. All right. Tell us a little bit more, please, about Opera GX.
24: All right. With pleasure. Uh, Opera GX is the first <laughs> world browser created just for gamers with all gamers in mind. Uh, we launched a product uh, during E3 2019, so it's uh, wild there for a while. Uh, We're available for PC, for Mac, for Android, and iOS. So no matter what device, you can enjoy Opera GX. And what is it? It's like kind of a tagline, it's a browser built for gamers but it comes with a variety of different features that you think about makes quite a lot of sense for gamers, but not necessarily if you are really simply expecting something else from the browser. And I think the most important thing to note is that we have a little bit different approach to resource usage, which means that Opera GX comes with the GX control that allows you to limit how much CPU, how much RAM, and how much bandwidth with your network browser uses. And uh, at first, it might sound a little bit weird, but if you think about that, very often you keep playing the game while still having a browser open on the side, it makes a lot of sense that the browser is limited, so it's not taking up resources from your game. So it can be running as smooth as possible, but you can still enjoy maybe you're reading something or in between matches you're doing something or just maybe listening to the music from the internet. So it makes a lot of sense to have the browser running side by side uh, the game. And that's why, for instance, we have these unique features. And uh, those features are built so much into the core of the browser, that it's actually not possible to create those things with extensions. So it's not that you can take any other browser and just mod it with such extensions because it will technically not work.
3: I was talking about Exhibit. I know you guys want people to quote unquote pimp your browser with some uh, mods. What are some of those GX mods?
24: Uh, Those are the latest addition that we've added. Uh, GX is built around what gamers love a lot, which is customization and making all things look the way they like and tweak it to their likings. Opera GX was already priced for having a lot of configuration options and easy way to make it your own, but we thought that we can spice it up a little bit. And that's why we just recently released uh, something that's called mods. With mods, you can customize everything inside the browser. That stands with sounds, the sound browser is doing sounds. When you're typing, there are sounds. There is a music that is dynamic in the background, so it gets more intense when you're intensively using the browser, which is really cool. And then it calms down when you're, for instance, reading an article, and then it's not kind of in the way. Uh, Obviously, colors, wallpapers, like animated ones, Uh, but we also have some very unique things that are shaders. Shaders is a thing that can apply a visual effect on whole pages so you can make it look like an old CRT screen or actually even make a look that, uh, you know, something is uh, burning or everything is pixelated. It's really cool. And so mods is just another step to make it even nicer to get more customization. And the most important thing is that more people can check it out. And by the way, we also have a special mod created with exhibit. It's called exhibit uh, G exhibit. And uh, this is something that's highly recommended. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, it's something to really try out on your computer.
3: The other thing, too, um, you know, you, you don't usually think about how your browser is eating up some of the uh, the CPU. So how is it that you were able to take Opera, make it a GX version and kind of strip away the unnecessary things that were sort of robbing the the RAM or the ROM from the game?
24: So uh, we are a browser company, which means that we take the browser from the ground to the app and we're building it the way we like it. So you think about it that we're like a tuning division of a, of a car factory. So we take a car that's perfectly good and then we tweak it for a specific needs. It gives us a lot of possibilities. We've got the all the know-how, which means that we can tinkle with all the details inside, and then later on build something that's really performing. And it's like our competitive advantage, because it's actually quite a bit of uh, unique uh, knowledge you can do to to, to tweak uh, those little dust, <laughs> nasty things.
3: So talk a little bit, if you would, also about the um, flow feature, the way you can share files. How does that work?
24: Mm-hmm. So flow is very important, firstly, your private space to share things between computer and your phone. Uh, It was designed this way that we initially see there is a problem, very simple one. You're on a phone. How can you send something to your computer to read later on or vice versa? How can you get something from your computer and send it to your phone? So, we've seen a lot of different ways people were trying to fix this problem. Very often, just ended up sending mails to themselves, uh, sometimes sending messages to themselves, and in some extreme cases, sending messages to their f- uh, close ones and saying, This is not for you, this is for me to read later on, because there was really hard to, uh, for them to figure out how to pass things around. There are obviously other solutions which are more complex but the idea was to make something extremely simple if i'm having my computer in front of me and my phone in my hand do i really need to type any passwords it makes no sense that's why on computer you get to see a qr code and on a phone you just scan it because only your phone sees the qr code and a little bit of engineering magic uh, those things are connected together in a secure way uh, which means only those two way those two devices are connected and they are your devices, so they stay connected, encrypted. Which means that uh, only those devices can really talk to one another. And obviously, sending messages they look more or less like a chat, uh, but also files is kind of a natural thing to do. This is what users are using it for and uh, pricing because it's so easy to use.
3: And what about the uh, ad blocker? You've got that built in.
24: Uh, I would say this is a very old feature that we added a long time ago. There was quite a lot of interest from users and they were resorting to running different uh, extensions. Again, an extension is a nice thing. However, it can never be as, per- as performant as uh, something that is built inside a uh, browser this is really important because uh, this is something that you turn on and keep uh, majority of time on and you don't want it to be slowing down your computer so that's why quite a long time ago we decided to include it uh, in all our browsers so op- uh, so ad blocker is available across all our products and this also kind of improves your um, security and privacy online, which is also good to note that Opera comes also with the VPN, which is free. It's a no-log VPN, no logs are stored. It is really cool. And the best part is that it's completely free. So if you want to increase your uh, safety, net, safety on, your, on the web, especially, for instance, browsing from some open Wi-Fi or maybe at the hotel, the free VPN is the best thing to do. You just click it you know, with one flip, uh, you are secured. It's really cool.
3: Well, I just since we've been talking, I just uh, downloaded it, and uh, it uh, looks very cool. Obviously, just uh, picked a, a pre um, pre-installed like little uh, theme and uh, mod to it, and uh, it's uh, lightning fast. Now, is this the is this still in the beta phase, or is this the one that's ready to go right now?
24: It's ready to go. Uh, we, pick it, we keep it funny and say that the product is never ready, uh, which is true, especially for browsers. None of them is ready. Things are really uh, being updated and developed as we speak, and they are getting better all the time because the web is living thing. So it's as stable as anything else. What really happens with, with GX is that we take the latest and greatest stable Opera for a PC and we just tweak it which means that you always get the same benefit of all uh, Opera features, the stability, the security, and all the bells and whistles you would like to have. And then we customize it and just make it into a GX. So it's always the best thing. You are not with a worse product using GX.
3: Before we let you go, what is your favorite thing about Opera GX?
24: If it's about features, I must say sounds and music. It is kind of this experience that in the evening you put your headphones on, you can't afford to be playing music out loud in the in the room. And there's almost like SAMR experience where you have the music in the, in the background and then the keys when you're typing something. That's, that's really something that you can't miss. I, I really love it. It's, if it's one thing, that's it.
3: Well, they've also partnered, as I mentioned, with Exhibit, rapper and host of the world-famous car modification TV show Pimp My Ride, and uh, now it's Pimp My Browser. Opera GX, get it with your phone. I just did it in the time of this interview, and as i got to say, it looks really, really cool. We have been speaking with Maiche Kochaba right from Polska. So I'll say thank you very much and Congratulations.
24: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. And thank you for using Oprah.
3: All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and we will come on back right here on Sports Byline.
5: Chick-fil-A Chicken Sandwich Original to Me is the punch of flavors that's unlike any other. You get the crispy tenderness of the chicken and that hint of sourness from the pickles. (laughs) Ta-da!
11: Hey, I'm Juan, and what makes the
9: Chick-fil-A Chicken Sandwich Original to Me is you know you're going to get chicken that's crispy, golden, and juicy. This is the gold standard of chicken sandwiches.
13: Order the original Chick-fil-A Chicken Sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real customers paid for their testimonials.
1: That's 800-867-6917
8: Got an iPod? Into podcasting? Now you can get podcasts of all your favorite sports byline shows delivered right to your computer automatically so you can listen when and where you want as many times as you want on your PC or on your iPod never miss your favorite show just go to sportsbyline.com and click on the get podcast button next to your favorite show. visit sportsbyline.com today
19: i'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic maybe i could be a food critic these muffins taste bad or an art critic that painting is
16: bad
13: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right, whatever works. We're waiting on a guest, <clears throat> and when we get that guest, we will pick him up, and we will launch him, literally pick him up and launch him, and throw him on the air. I'm i am uh, I'm kind of loathe to bring up the Ace thing just because it's so sad, but I feel like we'll get some momentum, and then the guest will show up. But uh, it's just, it's hard not to talk about it <clears throat> as, the, uh, as we go through. Ah, as I just said, what I'm talking about, we do have our guest, Rick Tuttle, with you, Coast to Coast and Around the World on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Timmy O'Neill. And uh, that's because um, we have just had the premiere of a brand new movie called Wildlife. Love is a Force of Nature, and uh, this just came out uh, yesterday, and tomorrow it'll be at the Rialto uh, Cinemas in Sebastopol. And uh, as I said, uh, we have uh, with us Timmy O'Neill. Timmy, tell us a little bit about your role in this film and what it's about, please.
22: Hey, Rick. Great to be on your program. Uh, The film Wildlife is the story of Chris and Doug Tompkins, two individuals, who really got their start in life uh, through the adventure world, climbing, surfing, skiing. And it's about their love of those wild places that eventually turns into uh, the need to protect them and to preserve them and to create huge swaths of national parks, in particular in the Patagonia region of southern Chile and Argentina. And my role in the film, uh, I'm a professional climber, which means I climb around the world, both large rock faces and mountains. And I know the Tompkins. Doug, who's no longer with us, he actually passed in 2015 in a kayaking accident. But his wife, Chris, uh, dear friends, I remain close with her. And I was down there in the Patagonia region um, in the film, uh, attempting to climb the peak that Doug uh, named in her honor. So I'm on the film uh, in the film, rather, as a climber, but also a dear friend and a confidant of Tompkins Conservation.
3: So, I mean, not to bring up the bad, the, you know, the, the terrible news, but, I mean, there is peril in every climb, even with accomplished climbers such as yourself. For you, what was your maybe closest call?
22: You know, as far as uh, in general, you know, I, I was um, climbing half-dome uh, this is years ago in Yosemite National Park, and I was with uh, individual, Andrew Sullins, who had lost his leg uh, below the knee in an explosion. He was in the Iraq War, and we were doing an interview on the side of Half Dome with Audie Cornish from NPR, National Public Radio, and I'll never forget what Andrew said. <coughs> he said, Audie, when I left the compound that day, I had no idea, really, that we were going to suffer this explosion and that I would lose some of my dear friends and comrades. Um, So he said to her, you know, I can't predict the manner and the time of my death, but I can predict the manner and the time of my life. And that was him giving that nod to, yeah, it's a dangerous thing to climb a mountain and he's not there because he could die, but it's more important for him to live as strongly as possible and climb the mountain. So I think those close calls inform us that, it's not a question of if, but when it happens. And for me, close calls are the basis of wisdom, right? And wisdom requires that you remember. So yeah, the, the close calls stay with me. But on this particular climb uh, with Christine and the making of wildlife, yeah, it's dangerous terrain and there are objective hazards, um, but we didn't have any close calls during the making of it.
3: I had Jimmy Chin on my show a couple of years ago. He did Free Solo, and I know he's part of this, you know, and you think about, uh, oh, yeah. you know, Oscar winner and he, and, and, and Chai, uh, Vassar Haley too. Uh, what's it like working with these guys who really know what they're doing?
22: You know, the cool thing about Jimmy and Chai, um, but especially Jimmy, I know Jimmy, uh, when he was just a guy living out of his car in the parking lot in Yosemite national park, or what you would call the, the dirt bag climber, right? Somebody who is far more accustomed to living without uh, creature comforts and what you would call the conventional normalcies. And Jimmy takes that same understanding, that economy of time and the consumption of things into the creation of the film. I think that uh, being a climber and being a, a climber of, of big objectives, what people would call impossible objectives, requires you to be steadfast, to be patient, to apply yourself diligently to have a deep belief in, in your process and your end goal, but to still remain very current and present where you're at on the climb or in the creation of a film like Wildlife. So Chai is, uh, you know, uh, from New York, comes at it from a different angle, is an incredibly accomplished storyteller. So the combination of those two together has created, as you said, the Oscar winner Free Solo, uh, the film, uh, the rescue about the Thai soccer team, those young kids being rescued in that cave in Thailand, and now this story. So I think they're they're really diligent, they're really dedicated, and they see it as that classic, the journey of a thousand miles beginning with that first step and then remaining very present.
3: A couple more questions here for Timmy O'Neill. The new movie, Wildlife, which is out, it'll be on Nat Geo Channel on the 25th of May, 26th of May on Disney+. Plus. Um, for you, when you think about these film festivals, I know last year it was at Telluride and it was just at South by Southwest. And when you see the audience's reactions, it's more than just, did I make a good movie because it's part of you as well. What's that experience like when you see an audience take it in?
22: Well, I think to be able to create something is why you do it because you have this overwhelming need to produce and then. To be able to offer it out to an audience who can watch it, who can listen, who can be positively impacted by it, is a true measure of success. That When I was at the premiere at South by Southwest in in Austin, and there was an overwhelming, uproarious, ongoing standing ovation that eventually just had to be shushed and please sit down so we can get to the Q&A segment. And that is, of course, affirmation and acknowledgement, because the story is one of what these two people with this wild idea, wildly in love um, with one another, with these landscapes, but then also with deep purpose. Um, It helps you uh, be able to understand that, yeah, the filmmaking is good, the story is compelling, but then it begs the question, if you're inspired, what are you inspired to do with this one single life?
3: For you, you know, the old because it's there, whether Sir Edmund Hillary said that or not, but why do you climb? What is it about it?
22: I climb because it provides me a deep engagement with problem solving, with teamwork, because you get to be in these places that are very unusual as far as the point of view, the vista, the literal what it is you're seeing. But then there's also an internal landscape because of the process of going to climb and because of being put into these situations, that internal landscape also becomes very unique and really profound. So I climb in that classic sense because it's physically very pleasing to have my body move in these places. But then there's also a very deep intellectual and even spiritual component to it.
3: Also, uh, your Holy grail. I mean, it's, I know it might seem a bit trite to just say Mount Everest, but for you, um, what are your Holy Grail climbs?
22: You know, the, the places that I continue to go to, once again, um, my cathedrals, uh, the places where I go to, to really engage, Yosemite National Park is still my favorite place to be. It's um, home to some of the world's most iconic, beloved, well-known granite monoliths. And the expanse, like the sheer magnitude of these granite walls um, are constantly calling to me. But, but I will gladly go and climb anywhere in the world with anyone because that exchange during that process of climbing and that moment to be alive and to celebrate is at the basis of my life.
3: And from what I understand, you also do a little stand up yourself. Is that right?
22: You know, I do uh, love to use humor. I'm one of seven kids growing up. So in order to get noticed, you had to be funny. And uh, it worked for me to get fed. So it was a means to an end when I was young. And then they say laughter is the best medicine. And oftentimes in these harrowing situations, you know, we call it gallows humor, right, where you make fun of or try and bring a lightness to a heavy situation. So it served me well in my life.
3: Well, everybody should go out and see this film. I'll just ask you one last question. What is the, um, your, let's just say you got five minutes to show this. What is your favorite part of the, the whole film?
22: My favorite part of the film is, is the, the beautiful landscape that you get to do a deep dive into down in Patagonia. It's a place that I've gone to many times over the last couple of decades, and I can never get enough of being there. So a second best for me is to luxuriate in these vast wildernesses that are very intact and very healthy. So to see that and to be able to take that in is a a dear treat. And they did an incredible job of bringing it to life on the big screen.
3: Well, it sounds very, very interesting. And of course, it's a human story as well. It's two different words, wildlife. It is available from National Geographic Films. It is opening around the uh, the country. As, as I said, it's already uh, Washington and uh, New York, San Francisco. It's coming to you soon. Uh, Los Angeles in Orange County on the 29th, Austin, Denver, Boulder on May 5th, up in uh, Portland, Seattle, and other places as well. On the 25th of May, Nat Geo Channel, and on the 26th, it'll be on uh, Disney Plus. Once again, wild live with our guest timmy o'neill timmy congratulations on the film and thanks for coming by
22: yeah i really appreciate it rick great chatting with you and uh, best to your audience out there all
3: right thank you and um yeah we've had a lot of like mountain climbing stories over the years and um it's uh something i'll never do just not for me but i sure as heck admire it all right let's take a quick break and we will come on back on sports pilot
11: Let's help you next. Take advantage of the opportunity to get started today. Call 1-800-356-7308.
2: That's 1-800-356-7308. Again, 1-800-356-7308.
17: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life?
13: His servants.
3: All right, thank you for that. We got a couple minutes left. An hour, number two of three. We'll talk a little baseball and the uh, Las Vegas A's. It hurts, I know. <clears throat> situation uh, coming up. Um, I was reading an article before this show <clears throat> by Brad Botkin. He is a uh, national basketball writer, and I just want to just read to you the first couple paragraphs about the Draymond Green situation. Once again, from Brad Botkin, um, Draymond has, uh, is one of the smartest basketball players in the world. He understands this, and he knows it's his fault, and he's not playing in Game 3, and this is true. It is also true that the league has completely overreacted to this incident by suspending Green. This is not the time to be writing old wrongs. This is the playoffs. You don't potentially dictate the outcomes of series by removing players from the court unless it's absolutely necessary. this does not qualify as that while we're at it it was equally unnecessary and overreacted that the league suspended draymond for game five of the 2016 nba finals everyone knew draymond was one flagrant foul from the suspension limit that postseason including green it was dumb of him to try to sneak in that shot on lebron's groin but we're talking about a flailing arm in response to a guy trying to antagonize green in that game the situation was effectively over players are expected to adjust their decisions making uh decision making based on situation and the play should be true of officials and suits sitting behind desks Uh, i could not disagree more with this this is not writing old wrongs and they did say yes his reputation preceded him he stomped on the guy's ribs in the article he goes on to say players uh, people are paying big money in san francisco and now that they're not going to get their money's worth I couldn't disagree. I think the game will be better and more entertaining without Green's antics. I'm just, as a lifelong Warrior fan, I'm fed up. What are they supposed to do? Oh, it's the playoffs. Just throw him out, and then he'll be back the next game. You stomp on a guy's ribs, you have to suspend him. So this isn't making up for old wrongs. This is making up for something we all saw in front of our face. And I'm surprising that anyone would have a take on that like that. But it's a big world, isn't it? And we have another hour. So come on back on Sports Byline.
15: news, I'm Richard Johnson. It started just fine. Five, four, three. But it took only 4 minutes for controllers to realize that not all of the SpaceX rockets fired after it lifted off from its Texas launch pad, which in the words of SpaceX broadcaster John Innsbrucker,
1: "Starship just experienced what we call a rapid unscheduled disassembly,"
15: what the rest of us would call it blew up. The most powerful rocket ever built was supposed to make one lap around the Earth and splash down in the Pacific near Hawaii. Still, SpaceX says it learned a lot from the short flight. Emergency officials in some towns in Oklahoma expect to learn about more deaths from last night's huge tornadoes. Two people are confirmed dead. Rescue efforts continue in the town of Cole, Oklahoma, where some people are believed trapped. The White House is not thrilled with the House Republican budget proposal. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre calls it a cruel budget.
17: It will hold America's economy hostage so that they can take a hatchet to veteran services, to Meals on Wheels, to education, to cancer research, to law enforcement.
15: The GOP plan also links budget cuts to raising the debt ceiling. The House has passed a Republican-sponsored bill that would cut off federal aid to any school that lets a transgender athlete compete in women's and girls' sports.
5: This is a day that is so important for women across America, and House Republicans are leading the way.
15: New York Republican Elise Stefanik on the measure that's expected to pass the House then die in the Senate. Police near Charlotte, North Carolina are looking for a 24-year-old man they say shot a six-year-old girl and three adults after a basketball rolled into his yard. Police say Robert Lewis Singletary should be considered armed and dangerous. The number of people around the USA filing for unemployment benefits is rising, 245,000 last week, compared to about 240,000 the week before. This is USA News. The Washington State Legislature has finished work on a bill that would ban the sale of semi-automatic rifles. Governor Jay Inslee says he will sign it, and Republican lawmakers promise a quick appeal in court. Elon Musk is threatening to sue Microsoft, claiming the software giant illegally used Twitter's data to train its artificial intelligence. The threat comes after multiple reports that Microsoft is dropping Twitter from its advertising platform over some of Twitter's fees. As for his other famous company, Musk says Tesla could launch a fully self-driving car later this year. The CEO made
8: the prediction on a conference call Wednesday and said the test version of Tesla's full self-driving software will be two steps forward, one step back between releases, but that the trend is very clearly toward full self-driving. The electric vehicle company currently sells self-driving software as an option. I'm Skip Kelly.
15: If you've only heard of the giant blue furniture store known as Ikea, you might get a chance to experience it firsthand. The Swedish chain says it will spend more than $2 billion to open 17 new stores around the USA over the next three years. It'll be Ikea's biggest ever investment in this country. One of the USA's least favorite Major League Baseball teams may be a step closer to a new life in a new city. The Oakland A's confirmed they're buying 49 acres of land near the Las Vegas Strip, for a new 35,000-seat ballpark. I'm Rich Johnson, USA News.
8: average rates.
3: Welcome back to the show. Nice to have you with us, coast to coast and around the world. Saw a headline that says that Tom Brady might be unretiring to play for the Dolphins, taking his talents to South Beach. <clears throat>
2: I'm
3: like, really, what did he say? He said... I will say that I'm not affiliated with any team anymore, and I have strong ties with a couple teams. I do have some friends on the Dolphins that I really like. I wouldn't necessarily that I root for them all the time, but I root for my friends to do well, and several of them play for Miami. That's it. Run with it. (laughs) Now, we all thought that if he did come out of retirement... It would be to play for the 49ers, and he came out of retirement and went back to the uh, the Bucks. Uh, we do know that Miami likes to attack Avaloa. It's hard for him to stay healthy and upright. Uh, we know that Brock Purdy is dealing with an injury right now, and that Sam Darnold is the Niners' starting quarterback. Ouch! <clears throat> I don't think you truly realize how horrible Sam Darnold is as a quarterback. I, I mean, just. Why he's, have you watched any film on him? So the question is Is Brady reaching out to these teams? And I think that's an emphatic no. But are these teams reaching out to Brady? What would it hurt the 49ers to go to Tom Brady and say, look, one more year, let Brock completely heal. We really like him. We'll trade Trey Lance. We'll get something back for him. Hopefully we can get a two third-round picks. And you can just do what you always do, and that's be the Niners quarterback. And if you really, really suck, Brock Purdy will be ready by, you know, week two. We'll throw him in halfway through the season. But right now, <clears throat> it's all pie in the sky. I just love the fact he said, yeah, they got some friends on Miami. He's going to the Dolphins, blah! Well, he does like playing in Florida. We know that. All 800 1-800-878-PLAY. J.D. Sharp's going to talk a little MLB and talk about my A's. Oh, it hurt the pain, William, the pain. Come on back.
7: For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys.
6: U.S. price participation
0: may vary. Includes choice of double stack JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher.
3: all right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. 11:12 a.m. out here on the West Coast, we check in with one of our friends over at Pro Wagering and ProWagering.com. We have with us uh, JD Sharp and JD, something that we both knew was coming, and it looks like a fait accompli. Now, the A's have announced that they are going to be buying some land and building a stadium. It does seem that they want the people of Nevada, the citizens, to pay about a third of it, $500 million in tax credits. Uh, your thoughts on the news?
19: Great news. Uh, and that's fine. They should, we, we should obviously be okay with, with making that payment because we're going to have a retractable roof. It's going to be a state-of-the-art stadium. <clears throat> You're going to have a Legion Stadium, obviously, nearby, and then hopefully a basketball arena there soon as well. 88-plus uh, home games a year. Some of the, the Yankees are going to come a couple times a year. So are the Mariners. So are the Red Sox. So it's going to be uh, – we're going to make our money back probably within the first two years just off of <clears throat> the tourists and, and, the, and the amount of money they're going to spend. So, But, yeah, I mean, it's, we knew it was coming. And it's confirmed that 2027, it looks like, will be the first year that the Oakland A's are the Las Vegas A's. We'll see what they do with the name or how how that works out with the branding. But – yeah, this is uh, this is the correct move. It's it's big for the fan base. It's it's great. It's great for the franchise, and I think that they definitely need a new start. And then and a great place to to have that new start is Las Vegas, especially with the just how sports betting is skyrocketing nationwide right now.
1: Well,
3: the branding I think is. I mean, Las Vegas, <clears throat> in and of itself, that name is a winner. And then the A's logo has been around since nineteen oh one so that's not gonna change. They're gonna be the Las Vegas A's for sure. And you might not have to wait that long, uh JD, because the A's have one more year on their lease, but uh, Dave Cavill, the team president that's snake oil salesman, uh he already said that MLB will allow them apparently to play in the aviators Las Vegas stadium. So it might be sooner than that.
19: Oh, that stadium only holds like ten <clears> thousand. I mean it's small. But, I mean, that, that'd that be a good start, I guess. Every single game would certainly sell out in spades, and they could, God knows how much money they could charge for tickets for that thing. I mean, yeah, that could be really interesting, especially being right, ne- right next to Red Rock as well. So, yeah, I mean, if that happens, then then, then that's fantastic. Then, then, yeah, it looks like uh, the Aviator Stadium becomes a, I mean, it, it was already a place where a lot of things took place. I mean, they had, like, a cool Christmas show. They have stuff for the holidays. No one or not and stuff, obviously, during the regular season. But, <clears throat> yeah, having having the, the A's play there also, yeah, that can be uh that that can be very, very cool. So it's in my opinion, yeah, it's it's the right move. It had to happen, especially considering how things are going. And and it looks like the A's actually have quite a bit of talent. Mason Miller last night, I don't know if you watched him or not, but he's about six five, two ten. He just killed it in uh, in minor league baseball and he got he got called up. I think he threw like nine or ten pitches about hundred and two miles or a hundred miles an hour or more. I think he had six strikeouts, played a good Cubs team that has a lot of offensive firepower. He looked good for his, you know, for his first start ever. So, if they can the Shane uh Mason Miller, if they can figure out how to develop those prospects. Like for example, Matt Olson. Matt Olson plays for the Braves now. He's, he leads, he leads the NL in, in RBI, he's got 20. He's only 29 years old. He's got like 190 home runs on the, you know, over the course of his career. He's yeah, he's 30, 39 and then 34. So. Yeah, if they could just keep developing that type of talent and and keep it and then pick up some free agent talent from the A's could really have a they, they could have a great start to their to, to their new home in Vegas, I think, especially with a guy like Mason Miller and in my opinion, the stuff that he's got, which looks to me like top ten, top five, top ten stuff in Major League Baseball potentially.
3: Yeah, especially the second inning he struck out the side, hitting a hundred and two like five times, and it's just a <laughs> yeah. filthy yeah. Slider and well. I'm going to ask you about the Cubs though because they ended up winning sweeping that series and You know, they've got it seemed like everybody that came to the plate was hitting 300 now They got some old guys like Inyan Gomes and Eric Hosmer who are still good players, but Dansby Swanson Nico Horner and Oakland native um, You know Cody Bellinger looks like he's <laughs> back to his old self um, Dansby Swanson I mentioned Patrick Wisdom out of St. Mary's College another St. Mary's yeah. player, but that uh the rotation stroman is off to a good start this kid justin Steele, i think in his last 11 starts has like a 1-8 era and he's their fourth starter kyle Hendricks is on the shelf but you know drew smiley jameson Taon. i mean the, the the joe madden cubs that era is over but are we getting ready for a new era of cubs here
19: i think so i mean if you really if you look at their lineup top to bottom they don't have the star power that in my opinion the the Yankees do or or the Braves or even maybe even the Astros do but they just have really good players top to bottom you know like you said Dansby Swanson who was great for the Braves Bellinger an MVP Hosmer an MVP um yeah I mean they yeah yeah Young Gomes I mean he's, he's he's fair but Suzuki he's had a good start to his career Ian Happ has, has found a home in Chicago he's gonna stay there I think as well so yeah, and then Patrick Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom's got eight bombs. He's got some serious power. He didn't really. He didn't play a lot, but he started really playing a lot, like 28, 29 years old, showed some decent power, uh, showed some showed some major potential. But this year, with just the amount of talent that he's got around him offensively, he's getting every single opportunity. He's getting a lot of good pitches, just like Matt Olsen is in, is in Atlanta. So, yeah, and then uh, they even hate Hayden Wisniewski has had a, a pretty decent start to his career as well. So, yeah, you mentioned Justin Steele, and then Stroman played exceptional. Strowman well. Stroman doesn't play well in Oakland. And I actually took the A's first five-run line in that game. I pushed there, I won that bet. But, uh, you know, he, he doesn't play well at that stadium, but he played really well the, the, the last time he was, you know, a couple of days ago in Oakland as well. So, yeah, I think that the Cubs are, uh, are kind of a sleeper team because they have so much just pro- productivity Offensively, with, with their lineup top to bottom, and then that that staff, they're they're not great, but they're not bad. So yeah, they could definitely be a, a potential contender in the NL this year.
3: Let me ask you about the Pods because off to a uh, you know slow start, nine and eleven, but they get Tatis back, and he had never played AAA in his life. He goes down there for eight games and hits like seven home runs. Um, the infield's too crowded. He's now their right fielder. Uh, Bob Melvin said he's going right into the lineup, obviously. Do you think now they start making a push in the NL West?
19: Yeah, I I really don't see how they – I mean, they they just have so much talent. Unless Snell has just completely lost it. Unless Waka has lost it. Unless Darvish has lost it. And those those are just a couple of the starters that they've got. And then, obviously, offensively, I mean, for some reason, Juan Soto – I don't know what his problem is, but I think he's sitting like 160, 170. He's got a decent OBP because he gets walked a lot, but he's not hitting very well. And then Bogarts is having a decent year. And you've got, obviously, Machado, Grisham, uh, Hassan Kim, and then Jake Crenenworth and uh, Austin Nola. So, yeah, you bring you put Tatis into that lineup as well. I think you've got one of those top three, top four lineups in Major League Baseball on the offensive side of the ball. Um, <clears throat> I just – I don't know. I just – they're, they're a team that is – Completely underachieving right now, but is that going to sustain? They still got a Hater. They still got a pretty decent bullpen. Uh, yeah, Tatis is. I mean, I don't, I don't care how good you are, you know, or, or how bad the competition is. If you hit five home runs in a row and you go seven of seven with five home runs over the course of three games, I mean, that's 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 a sign that obviously your 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 swing is pretty level and you're doing things right. So yeah, with Tatis back, if those pitchers start pitching even even decent, I mean, if Snell just doesn't have a seven ERA like he's had consistently. Uh, then i think yeah the padres could go on one of those epic runs where they win i don't know 35 out of 45 games or something like that because they're gonna be able to score so many runs offensively right
3: last question for you yesterday yankee stadium is aaron judge show stealing a home run hitting one himself we're gonna be getting underway here in about 90 minutes the angels will continue that road series patrick sandoval who is a outstanding pitcher and then uh Nestor, don't call him the molester. Cortez, kind of, he <laughs> wasn't a flash in the pan. He's kind of shown so far.
19: Yeah, yeah. No, this this Angels team is pretty good. <clears throat> Sandoval, uh, not really well-known, but he's a lefty. He's got a 1.23 ERA. He's got some decent stuff. He's not that old. But the, the thing about the Angels this year, yeah, they've always had Trout and, obviously, Otani, who are two of the, the, the game's best players, obviously. And then Rendon is back, and that's good. But it's, it's Brendan Drury. It's Logan Ohapi. As you told me, it's uh, it's Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro's got 16 RBIs this year. So uh, Taylor Ward as well has had a pretty decent year. So I just think this Angels team is a lot better offensively than they've been. They just have that depth. You know when they they kind of Joe Adele was the big thing and he was supposed to be this great player and he turned out to be just an epic bust. Well, I think that they've kind of gotten past that and they've they've been able to bring in guys that have had success with other organizations. But when you're hitting behind Trout or Otani or even second behind them like like Hunter Renfro is, you're going to get a lot of really, really good pitches. And so I think that that's kind of what's going on right now is uh, the Angels have a, a lot of really, – and Gio Urshela, who was a Yankee, is, is an Angel as well, and he had some pretty big years. So I just think they have uh, more offensive talent and depth than they've had ever that I can recall, at least in the last 20 years. And then, yeah, they don't really have a great pitching staff, but Sandoval's having a good year. And he's, and he's a lefty. He's got good control. I mean, this could be a game that they went out, right, Rick?
3: JD Sharp, ProWagering dot com. As always, great stuff. Thanks, J D. Hey, thanks a lot, Rick. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We got open lines the rest of the way. We'll talk a little baseball specifically in the five one. Oh no, you did uh
1: That's 800-278-1738. You
2: talking to me?
3: You talking to me?
13: Rick Tittle can usually be found at He Baby Mama House.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Of all the times that my Oakland A's and the last two ownership groups have tried to get new stadia and all the different ideas they had for it, renovating the Coliseum was never an option. They wanted to get out of East Oakland. They wanted to go... More downtown, more towards Jack London Square on the water, something like that. And I remember beating the drum at a city development meeting at City Hall with uh, Libby Schaaf was on that, Doug Boxer headed in. I got to talk and I said, forget sports, just think about revenue and civic pride and jobs and all that. That was for a place called Victory Court. Um, They also had an announcement with the Commissioner of Baseball, Bud Seelig, and uh, basically said, uh, we're going to build here in Fremont, California. And uh, then that didn't happen. The city of Fremont didn't want them. And then they had an announcement by Laney College, which is almost where Victory Court was. And that turned out to be fake too, even though they officially announced it. That was a whole rooted in Oakland thing. The community college district didn't have a vote. The Peralta system that was denied. <clears throat> then they come up with this thing for Howard Terminal, which I knew from the first time I saw it that that it would never happen. It was the most ludicrous-looking stadium, looked like a Teletubbies thing, and had this like grass berm that would go up the side of the stadium, and you could like walk up, and then it had a scoreboard that would go into the ground and then would pop up, and then you'd have the hitter's eye, which had to go on the ground, and then pop up. And it had no parking. It had no way to get to it. And people are like, yep, I think this is is the place. I'm like, it looks really pretty. I go, that will never happen. Talking about delivering people on gondolas. And then Major League Baseball said, we will waive (laughs) the relocation fee. The fact that anyone thought that the A's would remain in Oakland was ludicrous. It doesn't make it any, I'm not trying to say I told you so anybody could have told you so, but the fact that it's official now, it's just, it's going to get ugly. I don't know if they're going to play at Oakland next year, but as I said, if you thought there was nobody going to games now, just wait, there's going to, it's going to be in the hundreds. Let's go to an A's fan, Chris in Oakland. What's up, Chris,
23: man, Rick, what a horrible day, man. What a effing, and it's, I text you offline, man. It's Hitler's birthday today, you know. So you look at Nazi Germany, you know, that was a great day for for Hitler, and you got your, you know, obviously no one supports Hitler, but just just horrific, man. What the A's are they're doing and what they just did in first land, you know, many would. I mean, look, guys like me that are optimists are gonna say, hey, well maybe they bought the land and they're trying to leverage it and they're gonna do the. It's just devastating, and you know the mayor's trying to do something at the last minute, but God bless her, but she's not, she's not an A's fan, she doesn't care. Um, or she doesn't fully, you know, work on it, but I, it's just, it's so frustrating. I mean, the A's have been, you know, lousy for the last three years and, and, you know, I was there Monday night, you know, you had 3000 people stand. Um, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And the fact that, you know, the Howard terminal, as your, our friend Phil Matier said this morning, you know, it was like building the pyramids, right? It was just, it was too many variables, so much money. They can't get it done. If the A's could just build the, the Coliseum site, which would be the better side of would have been great, um, you know. This franchise has moved three times, and I guess look, look, it's looking like it's going to move four times. We have a lease through next year, twenty twenty four. So I think the A's would honor that. I don't see the A's cutting out before that. It's just frustrating that um, you know that it's gonna that they're that they're moving. You know, it's just it's really sad. You know, now uh, I, I'm getting information from a from a uh, how do I say it. I guess I could say his name on there, So Floyd Kephart, the gentleman that was gonna build the, the deal with when Gene Kwan was mayor, was mayor, he's saying he just, still doesn't think this thing's gonna go through. Just the fact they bought land is not, but that's you know my information and I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Your take, Rick? What just just horrible?
3: Well, I mean, <clears throat> it's just uh, I don't I don't there's there's no precedent for a team to lose all three not just big franchises, the three biggest sports in America, in the space of a couple of years, but to lose three franchises that have won multiple world championships, too, and you think about how crime is through the roof in uh, Oakland right now, it's just, you and know, I business. I just hope the city can and survive.
23: Economic, lack of economic development.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I just hope they can survive somehow.
23: You know, and it's just, and it, yeah, no, I... agree, man, and just, you know, do you blame our, you know, political leadership? I don't know, I mean, it's not really their call, they're not really their purview to keep the teams, but yeah, if I have all, to just be blessed with three just jerk owners that, you know, are screwing the city over, that have screwed the city over and just want to go for a better option somewhere else, allegedly, you know. I could see football, you know, I could see the Raiders moving, and, and again, the only guy that voted for the to keep the, the, the team in Oakland was the guy from Miami because he was self-interested, you know, because if you're in Green Bay or Cleveland or whatever, and it's November or December, you want to go to a warm-weather place or an option, an option. so they, you go to Vegas. I see that part. The Warriors, again, you know, the war. I, I have to say this previously on the show, that Joe Laker made an offer to buy the Oracle Arena back in 2014, and the the, the authority was like, yeah, now we're, we're, we're good. Well, now look what he's doing. He's making money hand over fist. I'll be at the game tonight, you know. Minus Draymond, obviously, and that's I, you know, I heard your comments earlier about him, and we'll see what happens tonight. But just for the fact that A's, just you know, that was always like, you know, I know you're more of a Raider guy, but as an A, more of an A's guy, just that was our team, man. They were just doing it, and you know, Reggie Jackson's comments on Sunday were just very kind of unfortunately gave that kind of premonition of what was going to happen, um, and it happened, you know. And they just people wanted to buy the A's, wanted to keep the team. I mean, Oakland's a, you know, the A's are the hip, te- hip thing in Oakland. People, you know, you see kids around the town wearing A's hats all the time, even though we're not good. Um, you know, and it's just, it's so devastating to just, you know, get this news today and, and just, you know, see what the, you know, you know, we had three, what, what, five 7,000 yesterday or 10,000 yesterday because they had a bunch of kids show up. But, you know, you had the Cubs and Mets on the past weekend. It was ridiculous attendance because it, the A's ownership doesn't want to um, – you know, they're 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 not giving us something. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think from here going forward, you know, they're gonna have even worse uh um attendance. And you saw that the tweet set out by the right field guys, they're like, Screw it, we're pulling our drums, we're not gonna play our drums at the game. So that's I mean, come on, man. Those are the hard, you know, heart and soul of the Is you know, that the what A's they band said? Band. Is that what Will said? That's what uh, so I got I I just got a tweet from the Oakland sixty eights, man. They're saying, Hey, we're you know, I'm not just me, but I'm saying they're like, hey, we're pulling our drums and, you know, basically F you, Ace, you know. So, yeah,
3: wow. just
23: ridiculous, you know.
3: Horrible. Yeah, that's
23: Just a really bad sad. day, man. Just a really, 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 really bad day for the city of Oakland. And, you know, people think that, oh, we can live without it, but, you know, we need to make, you know, now we have no sports no, teams. The, the only thing, thing that could make, make it worse, w- there's
3: only one thing that could I'm make so it sorry, worse, man, that? and that would be getting a WNBA team.
23: Well, that's what I was going to say. People are like, oh, we're going to get a WNBA team. Well, screw it. I mean, come on, man. Nobody cares about that. That's, that's being propped by the NBA. Again, I coach women's sports. I support women's basketball. But to be that is our end-all, be-all. Like, oh, we got a WNBA team? Screw it. Dude, come on, man. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. We have no NFL, mm-hmm. no NBA, and now we're going to win. No MLS, team even. And, oh, we're getting into Yeah. Just horrible, man. Just a really, 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 really upset day. And, you know, I'm going to be like Draymond tonight, man. I'm going to be just, you know, stepping on people and doing that <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. I do like how, how I do like how they they said they're not gonna allow Kingsmen to bring their cowbells in. They should bring them in, man. Let them go, man. You know, now I don't care anymore. It just doesn't matter.
3: All right, Chris. Thanks for the call, Rick. man.
23: Yeah, man. Thanks again, man. Thanks always for uh, for keeping the the torch lit, brother. We'll go. Let's go.
3: Yeah, it's a rough day. <clears throat> I have to say, the cowball thing. I'm I'm glad they're not. I remember when the Minnesota Twins in '87 they blew whistles. Everyone in the crowd blew football whistles like, what are you doing? And I remember Burt Blyleman's wife blowing it behind this guy's head. He looked like he wanted to shoot himself. Get the cowbells out of there. We'll we'll talk more about the A's on the other side. That's sad that the right field has given up, but can you blame them? I'm Rich Tittle. Come on back on Sports Violin.
1: here's the number. 800-725-1651. 800-725-1651. That's 800-725-1651. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. That's 800-867-6917.
24: Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline.
14: Right.
24: Well, I
22: have to go now, Dwayne, because I'm due back on the planet Earth.
13: Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces. Um, previous caller Chris said, you know, he said I'm more of a Raider guy than an A guy. Look, the, the Raiders are my first love because football is my favorite sport, but I much prefer baseball season to football season, just because it's every day, and I love going to the Coliseum. You know, there's a homestand. You know, there could be, you know, twelve games in thirteen or fourteen days, and go to three or four or five, six of them. I mean, I I just, I love the A's. I it's my only my only team. I'll obviously support them forever. There's no way I could put on another big league hat, and I don't want to go out without being a team and um, without having a team, I should say. And I remember when the A's were contracting, or they were on the list from Bud Selig, which I asked him about it, and he denied it. Yes, to his face. He wanted the Twins and the A's, and then he changed it to Twins and the Rays to contract, or the, the A's and the Rays to contract. And and I thought, well, there's no way I can put on a Giant's hat. That's That ship has sailed, and I really didn't like national league baseball i I hated having the pitcher hit and a guy pitching a gem who had to get pulled for the fourth outfielder to tap to the mound i just the bunt every ninth hitter the you know strike out and keep the inning alive i just never liked national league baseball so i thought i can't pick an nl team you know and and the nationals were moving and i thought well they need fans and i'm like no, that's nl and then and so I finally decided the Orioles, that'll be my team. And then after about five minutes, I'm like, what are you kidding? Put on an Oriole hat. You have no connection to Baltimore. It's just so the Raiders moved to Vegas. I still love them. I'll always love them. The A's have iconic uniforms, and Las Vegas, the name sells itself. They'll never name the team the Nevada A's. They don't care about Reno. Why would you? <clears throat> be the las vegas a's it's got a good ring to it just like las vegas raiders it's got the a and the a vegas raiders vegas a's and i know that the golden knights are the vegas golden knights if i'm not mistaken but um the news today is a 49 acre site owned by red rock resorts that the a's this is according to the las vegas v- review journal one and a half billion dollar, 35,000 seat stadium with partially retractable roof, which mean it would cover the, the fans for sure, <clears throat> will be built on the sites. Um, there'll be other developments. There'll be restaurants. There'll be an amphitheater, all sorts of stuff. It's going to be a major attraction. It's going to be one of the most popular teams in America. I mean, this is, as J.D. said, and he's in Vegas. He says this is great news. This is great news for baseball. It's great news for America. It's great news if you love going to big league games. And don't act like it's not. This is only horrific, nightmarish news for us. But people want to go to Las Vegas. And this team is going to be so popular, they're going to be selling out. And it doesn't matter if it's the other team's fans. Do you think Mark Davis cares that half the stadium in Vegas is the other team's fans? Of course he doesn't care. One lick. So uh, they are hoping to break ground in 2024 and then move in permanently in 2027. 2027. And uh, as I said, I've gone over all the different places the A's have tried in the Bay Area. Rob Manfred said, he's the commissioner, we support the A's turning their focus on Las Vegas and looking forward to them bringing uh, finality to the process by the end of the year. Um, Oakland Mayor Shang Tao said the city is ceasing negotiations and moving forward to other options. Quote, I am deeply disappointed that the A's have chosen not to negotiate with the city of Oakland as a true partner in a way that respects the long relationship between the fans, the city and the team. Yet it is clear to me that the A's have no intention of staying in Oakland and have simply been using this prospect to try to extract a better deal out of Las Vegas. I am not interested in continuing to play that game The fans and our residents deserve better. Here's the other thing about uh, residents of Oakland. And I've lived in Oakland twice. The first real house I ever bought was in Oakland. I bought a condo once in Hercules, but the first big house I bought was in Oakland. And the people who think, we don't need a team, we got everything anyway, is one of the most ignorant things ever. Is it a city... With a lot of, uh, you know, ingenuity, creativity, um, art, culture, diversity, money, yes, has all those things. Is it an amazing location? Yes. Does it have amazing views? Yes. Does it have amazing, you know, parks and zoos, what have you? Yes. But to discount what being a big league city means really states that you do not understand what being a big league city means to means to you indianapolis indiana is not a big league city okay they have a nba team and an nfl team do you want to be indianapolis because you're not even that now and to say well we're you know we have so much culture and history and art we don't need all that to to be smug this is not a good time to be smug you know you You have to recognize this for what it is. It's horrifying and nightmarish to not be a big league city anymore. And really, the fact that <clears throat> you know Oakland getting that AFL team only because of the last minute the NFL panic that the last AFL team went to Minneapolis, so they gave them the expansion Vikings. And so the stadium was built. and then you think about the the Raiders playing. At places like, I mean, the Raiders were the first team to play at Candlestick Park, and the Niners are like, wait, we can do that. We want to get out of Keysar. I want to get out of Golden Gate Park, and then Charlie Finley moving the team, and you think about uh, the Warriors coming over to the East Bay. Well, you know, it, it's it's sad to say, but everything in life is temporary, you know. And the era of Oakland being the city of champions, the home of champions in all three sports, is done. Oakland will never win a championship ever again. And if they do, you know, if the Roots win their whatever it is, minor league, A-I-S-S-L-L-S-S-L-L, whatever league they're in, and I've been to Roots games, it's fun, but it's not even remotely big-time soccer. I'm not saying it's not fun. I just said it was. But, you know, these are semi-professional players. Barely better than half the fans in the stands, seriously. So the Raiders, the site is about a mile north of where the Raiders play at Allegiant. I still don't know what Allegiant is. It's some sort of company. And they'll be a mile west of T-Mobile where uh, the Knights play. Dave Cavill, it hurts to quote him. He says, it's really exciting to have a site. We spent almost two years doing our due diligence, working with community leaders, elected officials, and everyone in town to really determine a location that would be a win for the A's as well as the community and public officials. Yeah. So, look, Las Vegas has had AAA baseball since I was in high school. You know, they've, they've had a long time. And and Cashman Field was horrifying. I, w- I went to Cashman Field if you don't know that las vegas has a ghetto and uh rick you're not allowed to use that term oh i'll use it that is a ghetto where cashman field is it is really horrifying but here's the other thing and this is what i found out when the raiders moved twice nobody else cares in the country no one is going to raise their arms up and say hey this is an outrage they got their own problems what, what do they care if Hill Oakland A's are leaving? Like I said, there are <clears throat> very few people outside of maybe baseball traditionalists who would want the A's to move. This is a great move. What do you think the NFL thinks about the, Ra- the Raiders being in Vegas? Was that a bad mood for them? <clears throat> it's just to hear all these smug things like, oh, the, the NFL would never let a team move into a small market. Green Bay is about the size of Richmond, California, where I was born. You think Richmond, California is going to get a team? They don't care about markets. It's not about markets anymore. It's about TV deals. It's about broadcasting and, and TikTok and streaming and all that other stuff. And then you're going to put it in the one of the biggest destination spots on Earth? You know, there are flights from every European big airport, from Schiefel, from Heathrow, from Frankfurt, that go right to Vegas. <laughs> it's like Normally, what if you wanted to fly to Reno from London? You would have to go somewhere else first. There's no direct flight. Why would there be? And this is going to help uh, this is going to help Major League Baseball. It's going to help the A's. The A's ownership is. We'll we'll see if they spend more money or not. You know, I think about the Tyler Soderstroms and the Zach Galofs of the world, and even a Mason Miller. You know, they'll probably. You know, Mason Miller's already had a cup of coffee. He gets pulled after four and a third. By the way, I got to throw this into. too. Miss Diaz. <clears throat> terrible baseball player why the a's gave him a two-year multi-million dollar contract i have no idea he can't hit 200 and yesterday after i was already bowed mouthing bowed bad mouthing him he has two strikes on him and <clears throat> there's a ball and he walks over to the dugout and just stands there and the umpire points at his watch He says, you're out, strike three. Mark Coutse comes out, has a baby, saying, what are you doing? And he walked away. Did you forget the new rules that you have to be in the box at eight seconds and ready to hit? It's just they are finding new ways to stink, and that's why no one's going. And now with this, I mean, honestly, how many right field people have been there? There's about eight per game. Now you're going to get, what, one? Somebody wandering from Fresno or Redding or Tonopah, Nevada, just saying, oh, I always wanted to come here. Yeah, it's it was already lean, and now it's going to be lean cuisine. It's going to it's going to be sad. Get ready to frown. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Who's watching? Tell me who's watching?
22: Who's watching me?
1: That's 800-943-2153. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM, plus we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160.
7: It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass.
2: Wish she, she looks so good. I hold hold her, hold her tight. Kicks right through
13: the night. Rick Tittles got a black belt in keeping it real.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. We got a couple minutes left. News out of Arizona that the Arizona Diamondbacks have DFA'd Madison Bum Right, designated for assignment, 33 years old. He started against the Cardinals yesterday, gave up seven runs and seven hits and four walks and three innings, four starts into the season. He has a 10 to 6 ERA. He joined the Diamondbacks uh, after the 20 season, a five-year deal worth $85 million. Of course, um, you know he didn't live up to that reputation in the desert. His best days were behind him. But um, the Diamondbacks will owe him thirty seven million dollars. Uh, the Diamondbacks have a hot start, and um, you know, they entering today, they're in first place in the West, eleven and eight. and they clearly have aspirations of doing something, and Bumgarners holding them back. And <clears throat> the GM there, Mike Hazen, said, Quote, we've never been asked to make decisions based on money or anything like that. We need to win baseball games. We're trying to win every single baseball game we're going out to play. We want the five guys on the rotation to solidify those spots and give us some stability there. We'll continue to assess it as we go, but we need to win baseball games. So the speculation is they're going to go to AAA. Their top prospect is named Brandon Fott. P-F-A-A-D-T. They also have a lefty named Tommy Henry who's already on the 40-man and who did make nine starts uh, last year. But yeah, Brandon Fott, six four, two twenty. 220, he might be the guy. All right, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will talk to you manana at 9 a.m. pack time.